Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, I got a friend, Jimmy Darts. What's cooking, baby? Mr. <laughs> Valentin, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have oh, yeah. you. And we were going to have him on Cultural Catalyst, but if you don't know it, uh, we got snowed in today. We did. Christmas came early. You flew in here and got snowed in, and we got snowed in, so we're like, oh, man, we still got to have Jimmy. Jimmy is a former BSSM graduate. Well, former. You're an alumni. Yeah. And you have the most unique story ever. As a matter of fact, my team's like, you got to have this guy on. I'm like, well, what does he do? And they try to explain it to me. I go, so a couple of days later, like, we really need to have this guy on. I'm like, what does he do? And they explain it three times. And finally, Ellie's like, why don't we just have him here? You'll, you'll see. So on the drive over here, I picked you up at the hotel, and you're telling me what you're doing. I'm like, I see why I still don't understand exactly what you do. <laughs> but um, so, hey, thanks so much for being on. And random acts of kindness, uh, philanthropy, in a way I've never heard before. So why don't we start with your story? Yeah. I mean, uh, my story is basically, I'm a wild kid from Minnesota, and uh, this is it's pretty nuts, but the way I actually got saved is crazy. So I grew up kind of, you know, parents Christian, whatever, but most uh, Sundays I'd want to sleep in or play Grand Theft Auto in my room or something, you know. <laughs> and then basically, just a wild kid. Never got into drugs or um, never really drank alcohol that much, only a couple times. Um, but I was out in the woods one day at this party my parents didn't know I was at, and uh, there was a fire there, and I had these socks on. They were these Jesus socks, and they had a little Jesus like this, like the Rio de Janeiro statue. Jesus socks. Yeah, from Urban Outfitters, and was just being a knucklehead there. I was jumping over the fire, being stupid, running around the woods. And then on the way home, I was like, that was fun night, whatever. And I was like, oh, crap. My socks are like have holes in them and are burnt from the fire, and my mom's like a little FBI agent. She's going to know I was out there, smell the smoke and all this so I sneak into my house, you know, late at night. I get up there. I'm in my room kind of just terrified a little bit. And I'm just like, I don't know why I said this, but I was like, Jesus, like, can you please help me, like, uh, heal these socks? So I say a prayer. I hide my socks in my drawer, put clothes over it, hide it all, go to bed. Next morning, I wake up before my mom comes oh upstairs. My, I have never heard a story like this. <laughs> yeah. Next morning, I wake up before my mom comes upstairs to do laundry. I go in there, grab where I had hid the socks, and there was no holes in them. They're brand new. And I just heard God speak to my heart. And what he said to me was, I am not mad at you. I actually want to be your friend. And I was so confused because at first I was like, what? I thought, of course, God would want me to get caught for like living this crazy life. And uh, but no, he just wanted to be my friend. And so right off the bat, kind of had a very non-religious way of getting to know Jesus. And shortly after that, saw a Billy Graham video just about, you know, heaven and hell. And just you're going to live for yourself. You're going to live for the kingdom and just. Got so convicted on my knees, never heard a preacher talk that straight before. All I've heard is just super like encouraging messages and not someone really lay it down. And so I gave my life to Jesus right there and, Old and that you. was uh, 18. Yeah. <laughs> it's not very many 18 year olds wanting to lay it down. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I just, I, I was like, man, I know people care about me, my parents, pastor, friends, but... Does anyone really care about my soul? Like, like, yeah, they're going to say their two cents, but I have to be the one to take responsibility over that. And that just hit me. And man, when I found Jesus, it was the craziest thing ever. It was like, 
he wasn't telling me to live a certain way, but he was actually like, he ripped out my heart, gave me a new heart that desired to live his way. So I don't feel obligated to live righteously. I feel like I get to live righteously. Like you couldn't pay me 20 grand right now to just start cussing up a storm just because it wouldn't feel good to me. And it's just like, man, I want to just, you know, just do it the way with pops. And, and yeah, that's, that's kind of how I met Jesus. <laughs> and then you end up going to school ministry. You went to YWAM school ministry. <laughs> Where else did you go? Yeah, so right after that, actually, which is a pretty important part, is right after the the sock thing happened, I went straight to YWAM in Hawaii. My parents were like, Jimmy, do you want to come out here and go to school? I said, sure, Hawaii, why not? And I went out there and actually had a horrible scoliosis. My spine was like this, and my left leg was a couple inches shorter than my right leg. And I used to walk super weird, and um, it was just a horrible pain. Like um, I went to doctors all over the country. No one could do anything. They were going to lengthen my Achilles tendon so my legs would be the same length. But I'd be in a wheelchair for a bit and all this, and I was like, heck no. And I get out to uh, this school in Hawaii, and like a couple weeks in, this guy says, Jimmy, can I pray for you to get healed? I was like, what the heck are you talking about? Pray for me to get healed. I was like, man, do whatever the heck you want. Like, I guess if you got to punch me in the face to heal me, do it, you know? And he's literally like, no, bro, just check this out. So I sat down in a chair and he held up my legs. He goes, watch this. In Jesus' name right now, leg grow. My leg starts shaking and goes straight out. And I'm literally like, what the heck just happened? I stand up and my back is completely healed. No pain in my body. And at that moment, I was like, man, this is a real deal. Like, (laughs) It's not just follow Jesus because it's a good idea, good morals, this and that. But like, he's the real deal. That's all I needed to know. Like, like he changed my life. And so, yeah, that happened. And like I said, I was a wild party kid. So I, I erased all my videos of partying, all those wild things I did. And went off the internet for about four or five years. Didn't post anything, didn't do anything. And then came out to here, did school. And um, and then, yeah. So you, you went to school ministry, went to YWAM, you went to school ministry, graduated from school ministry yeah. for a couple years here. Yep. And so then you, <laughs> I, the, I'm excited to get to the progression yeah. of the story because you, uh, you, 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 like you have this, this really wild kind of side of you that likes to do crazy stuff. Like, like you have the adventurous spirit, but you also have this incredible need for generosity so explain what what you shared with me on the ride over here like how that started yeah i mean uh, yeah story yeah one of the main ways it started was just as a kid growing up my parents they'd always give us 200 dollars for christmas 100 to keep and 100 to give away so right then just got comfortable interacting with strangers you know and just people on the street and just learning those generosity principles but really when the gospel pierces your heart and you get saved, and it's no longer about you, but it's about living a life for Him. Generosity is just one of the main byproducts that will happen, you know? And you don't have to have tons of money. It can be generous with just hanging out with people or buying someone a coffee or whatever, anything like that, holding the door open for someone. But those are just things that are going to happen naturally. And so I just, man, just fell in love with just being generous because I was like, it's such a good way just to, just to put your, like, your flesh off and just be like, man, it's going to help someone else out. And I've never been generous and ended up where it was like, dang it. Now, like I'm, I'm screwed. You know, like I would uh, give people different amounts of money and sometimes like half my bank account, you know? And, uh, actually the first time I did something crazy generous was I just felt that on my heart to give this couple like half of what I had in my account, like a large amount of my money. 
and to not say anything or tell anyone. And I was just terrified because I was like, man, if anyone finds out about this, like my dad's going to say, that's not a good idea. This and that just logically. Yeah, you're crazy. So I go and do that. And as soon as after I did that, um, literally a few weeks later, like my, uh, my Amazon business started taking off and did well and just saw right then that, man, God sees your hand like this. And if you're greedy with money and like you get it, and you squeeze onto it, like he can't put anything in it. But if your hand's open and as soon as something comes in, you're just down to give it out. Like he's going to be able to provide for you. And uh, so, yeah, that, that was part of my story. But really, yeah, when I was uh, here, I was praying on a hill up here and I was like, man, Jesus, I have no desire to ever make videos again. I don't really want to be known. Because you used to make party videos. Yeah. Which yeah. is part of your story. Yeah, I used to like literally punch myself in the face till I was covered in blood because my nose bled easy. And I would just cause a scene at a party and people would be freaking out. And i just do anything, mm-hmm. running around in a Speedo, like... And it's videoing it. Yeah, yeah. Got kicked off the baseball team for it. Like, just crazy stuff. But um, I was up praying on this hill, and I was like, Jesus, I have no desire to make videos again. Like, I I just don't have a desire for that. And as soon as I said that, it had been like five years since I made content. I felt God just say, like, there's no idol in your heart anymore. And now I'm releasing you back to do it. And as soon as I gave that up to God, I just felt like... He breathed on me the inspiration and conviction to just go out and just do what he created me to do, which is just to love people and make content that can bring families and people together. And so, <laughs> so tell, tell him a story about the, the homeless guy. Yeah, so one of the first times I saw the power of social media, what we were doing was I was just walking on the beach in Miami, saw this homeless man living in a tent, and I said, hey, sir, would you like to be friends for the day? <laughs> And he goes, I see. Well, I don't see why not. You know, I'm just sitting here. You know, and so I said, sure. And we went, hung out, played basketball, went rollerblading, got something to eat, all this stuff. And on the car ride home, we were stuck in traffic, kind of. And he just starts crying, and he goes, "Man, I was actually suicidal until I met you. Like I was wanting to end my life. It was at the end of my road, but just being friends and sharing this time with someone like it's changed everything." And I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is crazy!" Like bro, do you have a cash app is what I said. And he said he did. And so I made a video of this, put his cash app at the end. And I didn't think anything of it. I thought maybe a couple hundred bucks would come in, go to bed that night. The video's got like 5,000 views. I wake up, it's at like 14 million or something. And he has over $30,000. And then he ends up touring South America and like no longer is living on the beach. You stayed connected with him. Yeah, yeah, stayed connected with him. And so just crazy radical saw the power of that. And then I just kept doing that more and more. And eventually turned it into this thing where we call it just like the kindness challenge where I'll go out and I'll ask people, I'll say, Hey, you know, my car's stuck. Could you help me get out of the ditch? Or, you know, I, I trying to buy this Twinkie. You got a couple dollars, you know, I'm starving. And the first person to do that, we give them the money that I fundraised that morning, whether it's 500 or a thousand dollars. Um, sometimes it's a new car and, uh, we just do that and capture it and post it. And it's amazing because the videos are all shot like this. And so the focus is all on the person that passes the test. It's not Jimmy and his generosity. It's all about, you know, uh, Michael, the janitor and how he had two quarters left and gave it. And that was surely more than just like the story in the Bible with the widow, you know, I don't know what she gave away, what, like two pennies or something. And he's like, this is more than everyone else in here. And so really just highlighting people's kindness. And then what we do a lot of times is if I feel led by the Holy Spirit, we'll just make a GoFundMe page for them and uh, just let the people, the viewers, um, bless them if they want to more so. And uh, just an example, yesterday, yeah, we raised in like 24 hours over $100,000 for this guy who was just uh, like a a blind street vendor kind of selling brooms and mops. Tell that story. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, I uh, was just chilling um, on TikTok and saw this lady in Phoenix. She made a news story about this guy. Um, his name is Sebastian. He's a gentleman. He's blind, partially deaf, and he sells uh, mops and brooms on the side of the road because no one would give him a job. He he's wanted to, His dream was to be a car salesman. No one would give him a job because he would go in and they're like, man, it's going to take too much time to train you and teach you. And so he uh, couldn't get a job doing that, so he just created his own business. Goes to Mexico, buys these, and sells them in the U.S. But people have been giving him counterfeit money. People have like burned his stuff. His van just crashed. So it was. They did a news story on him, trying to help him. And I saw that. I was like, man, we got to go help this guy. So I get there. I find him. Where is he? Uh, he's in Mesa, Arizona. So you flew there? Yeah, I flew. I flew in Phoenix. I flew in Phoenix. The sun was about to set. I barely had any time. I said, we got to go to him. So I say, we're going to Tucson. So I get in a rental car and just fly into Tucson. And 10 minutes outside of Tucson, I'm like, wait a minute. I think Mesa isn't in Tucson. <laughs> yeah, so I drove an hour and a half in the wrong direction. Oh, no. Kind of like Dumb and Dumber. But yeah, so then anyways, whip a U-turn. It's dark out, so I had to do it the next day. But I find this gentleman. I say, how much for one of your brooms? He says, $6. I said, all I got is 5 on me. You willing to do that? He goes, oh, sure, I'll do it. So he gives me a discount. I say, thanks so much, man, and starts sharing about his life. His wife has cancer and all these things are going on. And I say, man, I just feel for you, bro. Just for giving me a discount, just for being an awesome guy and can't imagine what you're going through. Here's a $1,000. I want to bless you. So he's just overwhelmed and thankful. And I post this video. It's millions of views in a few hours. And people say, we want to help him. So we made a little GoFundMe page. And sure enough, over $100,000 came in in like 24 hours. So I fly back out there. I, I go meet him and I announced to my followers with like an hour and a half, two hour notice. I said, I'm going to be on the street corner. Everyone show up with signs, show up with stuff, show up with money. Let's buy out all his mops and stuff. So about 150, 200 of my followers show up. We clear out his stuff, buy it. He goes, he's never had a line before. And his line's about 100 people deep. <laughs> Little kids are buying stuff from him. And sure enough, we bought everything he had for him. Told him he's got $100,000 now. He bought tipped over. And then I also said, I want you to meet my buddy Tim. And Tim comes up and he goes, how you doing, Sebastian? My name's Tim. I own a car dealership here and you're now a car salesman. He hires him on the spot. So that dealership's blowing up. The reviews are off the chart. And I'm probably going to get a car from him in a few weeks to give away. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it's, just, uh, it's fun, man. People love it. You know, deep down in everyone, there's a desire to, like, do what Jesus did, you know, and live the way he did. And some people get a bad taste in their mouth because they see it misrepresented. But when you really just see true love displayed, no matter what you believe, no matter where you're from, people want to get involved. And that's why we just see people show up and donate. What's the craziest thing you've ever done? The craziest With thing reference done? to Jesus. Right, right. I was like, what? Like a backflip <laughs> off a... Yeah. Um, craziest thing I've ever done in reference with Jesus? Oh, man. Was I, that one of the craziest things you ever done with that guy? Um, yeah, yeah, that was crazy. I guess one of my favorite stories that I always think of is, uh, is it was the I did a video, it was the first person to give me a hug, was going to get $500 for the day. So I'm driving around town, going up to people, and i about to hug them, or about to ask for a hug, and I just don't feel peace on it. And I'm like, man, Jesus, like, the, the, the sun's about to set, I gotta find someone to do this with. 
And uh, I'm just like, man, God, like, I pray you leave me the right person. So I'm going home. I'm canning the video. We're going to do something else. I'm driving home. I see this guy on a bike and just boom, the Lord is just, that's the guy. So I whip over, pull the car over, run up to him. He's got paint all over him and he's on a bike and he stops his bike with his feet because the brakes don't work. I say, hello, sir. I said, I just love a hug, man. I haven't seen my family for a while. Like, could I just have a hug? He goes, sure, I'll give you a hug. Gives me a hug. I said, thanks, man. First person to give me a hug, I want to give you 500 bucks. He starts bawling his eyes out. He's, uh ends up being an immigrant from another country. And he, at work, the boss today paid everyone except for him. Because, you know, because of his situation, there's nothing he can do to, like, get his boss in trouble, you know? So people are getting taken advantage of all the time that are immigrants or from other countries. And uh, he's like, thank you so much, man. And he ends up sharing his story. His name's Jose. And he hadn't seen his wife and kids in 18 years. He hadn't seen his wife and kids in 18 years. Um, he's been working in the U.S., sending them money um, to, so they can survive. And so end up hanging out with this guy, being friends with him. And we toured around the country helping out people together. Ended up raising $50,000 for him. He moved home in time for Christmas to be with his family. And now he's good and he's stable there. He told me um, it's like $10,000 to... Uh, purchase a home in his in the country that he's from so he's got enough for five homes like he's gonna start his own business so he's cooking and he's doing great how long ago was that oh that was about a year year ago year and a half ago how long you been doing this for uh about two years but really my whole life one of my friends the best thing he ever told me was you know what you gotta do he goes you gotta be santa claus in private before you're santa claus in public and I took that literal. So I ordered a Santa Claus outfit, put it in my trunk of my Honda, and at night or during the random times in the middle of August, I'd be driving around like Santa, hanging out with people. You know, people on the street would hop in my car, take them to Wally World, get some stuff, and uh, really just did that. You know, you gotta you gotta be doing more off camera than you are on. You know, so I love social media for what we can do yeah. and the power of the people, but. My followers, I tell them, I'm like, you're way more impactful than me, like what I think, because you're doing this stuff and no one ever knows. And that is so powerful. And we all have our roles to play. But man, like, don't ever underestimate, you know, just giving someone uh, a free coffee or slowing down so they can get into the carpool lane, you know. Tell me uh, one that didn't work out. One that didn't work out? Yeah, I'd love to hear a failure because, you know, people are going to get inspired. Yeah. And we all know that it doesn't always work, right? Like so, sometimes, you, sometimes you, you you try your best, but it doesn't work, right? Yeah. And and I think like I think same thing like when we're training people, you know, went to ministry school, and I like to share my failures mm -hmm. to make sure people know, like, oh yeah, it it, it, it doesn't always work perfectly. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there's there's definitely times where we'll bless people or raise money, and you know, they'll end up blowing the money in a few months and asking me for more money, you know. And, uh, but those situations, you just got to do the best you can. But the way I always think about it is, man, it's all about you giving someone the opportunity to change their life. And ultimately they're responsible for it. You can't take that responsibility on yourself. And, glad you know, I can't babysit someone for five years or I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. And so we try to use wisdom and who we choose and who we pick to go this extra mile with. But, um, there's definitely been people where we'll raise money for them and they spend it unwisely or this or that, but that's not really the main point. The main point is just doing what you can, giving someone an opportunity, and uh, and yeah, running with that. You know, there was a time in my life where I thought just giving money or helping random people, like unless I followed them closely, was a bad idea. And, 
end up finding sometimes I'd be like, man, I haven't like talked to a stranger in like five months. What's going on? Like this theology kind of crept in my mind, but it's actually not producing fruit. I'd way rather help mm. a million people and have 500 stories that don't turn out so great versus just stick to myself and be so precautious where I'm not even trusting the Lord in it, you know? Yes. Uh, you know, I think that's really profound what you just said. I, I felt the Lord asking me to ask you for your, your worst failure, you know, because I feel like there are a lot of people because of the worst, the way it could work out, the worst way it could work out, it keeps them from actually doing anything, right? They're like, well, I'm not going to give that guy. He's going to use it on drugs. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's possible. It, yeah. it is possible. And and there are there are a lot of people who... Um, yeah, they're, who are addicted, or who who, uh, who who don't have a changed heart yet, so on and so forth, and they they want to use you. But for every one of those, there's 50 people who need help, who who you inspire. I I know that um, during the COVID um, virus here in Reading, I was just like, I felt like the hopeless needle was like so huge here. Yeah, probably everywhere. And I would just find myself just thinking about how can I build hope in people? So I, I'd go over to the to In-N-Out Burger and I'd get in line and I would just like give them a thousand dollars, say, I want to pay for the next thousand yeah, dollars worth yeah. of meals. And <laughs> the first time I did that, I had this girl card. I said, put a thousand dollars in here and pay for She And pretty soon I'm, I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, we have to wait for all thousand dollars for the people. Right. So, they're like, oh, it's easier just to give cash there, you yeah. know, because they, they would. But it was like, it's not like those people don't have money to pay for their meal. It's just like, how do I create hope? Like, how do I create hope? Like, it, somebody goes to In-N-Out Burger or whatever, and they and they're like, you know, someone paid for my meal today. You know, just to like, like not everything is bad. Like things are working out for good for you. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's uh two things I think of when you say those things is one. I just like to think about myself for a second and just think, wow, how many times has the Lord forgave me or just given me grace on something? Sure. 50, 60, 100 times or whatever, I'll struggle with something until I get through it, you know? And I didn't need just one time of grace. I needed several times to really Absolutely. break out of that thing. And so that's what I think of too. And just, yeah, seeing people in that light. And then second, yeah, the most impactful thing probably I can remember. One of the most impactful things in my life is I'm in North Dakota getting a haircut some random older gentleman in there buys my haircut and walks out of the store. I was so confused. It was like a $20 haircut. I called about 20, 30 people. I was just telling them. I'm like, this is some guy paid for my haircut. Like that stuff doesn't happen, you know? And so you paying for people's in and out. Like, yeah, they might say, ah, oh, someone bought me a cheeseburger. But that's crazy that someone would buy them anything. Yet to even, you know, like open a door for someone is nuts. So, you know. Yeah, sometimes I think that. We think it has to be something big, like a, a large amount of money or an incredible like thing. And, and, and when, you, when, you're, when you're thinking like that, then you think, well, I don't have much, so I can't do much, right? But you just buy someone's meal or you pay for someone's haircut or leave somebody a big tip when, you know, may, maybe, you know, I, I've tipped several times at Burger King where they don't get any tip, yeah. you know, and the meal's 10 bucks and you give them, you give them 30. And it's like, it's not a lot of money, but compared to, you know, and those, the, a lot of those young people working behind that counter, you know, they're just like making minimum wage. You're, there's just so many things that you can do to 
create an encounter with somebody. And it's amazing how people, uh, like how it changes people's whole entire outlook of yeah. their day or of their, what are you, what's your vision coming up? Like you have anything else that you have in your mind that you can share? Yeah. I mean, one of my visions and things I, I want to do is really just, um, I'm working on ways for everyone that follows me and people that want to do this to be able to do similar things and equip you guys to do the same stuff in a more practical way. But then also, man, I want to change my hometown where I'm from. It's like 900 people live there. I want to like go there and just, yeah, like just eradicate poverty by just finding ways to bless people with businesses. And also I want to just end like bullying in high schools, like similar to you'll have this uh, award here, mm -hmm. the what's it? Emerald Johnson award. Yeah. yeah. I want to create something like that in school systems where maybe it's a hundred thousand dollars or a $50,000 grant or something, but where, um, yeah, it's literally, I do that partner up with the public school system and who, whatever student is like the kindest that year gets voted on through a group of people gets that grant or that thing wow. and i don't even want it to necessarily be just a college grant to use for a college like man if you want this in cash or whatever like you don't need to go to college you can yeah. go a different route we want to equip you and we're not giving money to a person in bad hands because we've seen the track record of you yeah. the last three years in high school and also want to have different tiers for that like one tier and then also like maybe a most improved like this guy had straight d's he was the biggest bully but now you know he's uh, he's a player. Yeah, now he's cool. a C student. But now he uh, he doesn't push people in the gym. He just minds his own business. Well, he gets fifty grand too. You know, just do these different things and and yeah, find ways to just uh, restore cities and people and and it's it's so true. And and back to your point, just about it doesn't have to be something big. One of my favorite things, I was just at the doing a video with the Super Bowl recently, and I was out there walking around outside the stadium, and I had a $20 bill. This guy gave me a $20 bill. It said, Jesus loves you on it. So I had it in my pocket. I was walking around, and I said, I said, you atheist? And someone goes, no. I said, you atheist? No. I was like, well, I'm trying to find the first atheist. And I find this guy. I said, you atheist? He goes, yeah. I said, congratulations. There you go, buddy. There's 20 bucks. Jesus loves you. He goes, what are you talking about? What is this? I'm like, yeah, man. Like, I just feel like Pops is misrepresented. And if you met someone that really knew him, you'd feel encountered by love rather than feel like there was a hundred fingers pointed at you. And I'm like, you heard of Michael Jordan? He goes, of course. I said, me and you both bought a Michael Jordan jersey right now and went and robbed a bank and pushed a grandma down the stairs. Would that have anything to do with him? No. We're just two crazy guys wearing his jersey. And a lot of people claim to know Jesus and have no idea what it's like to actually know him. And so you can never look at followers or supporters to see the real him. You got to go straight to the source. And so I actually want to do a series like this coming up. It sounds a little crazy, but I want to do it with a car. No, I want to find the amazing. first atheist and give like them a brand new car and just ramp it up. Give them a home, whatever. Like love the goodness of God is what leads people to repentance. And if you can actually have a tangible thing, whether it's money or a resource or anything, partnered with the gospel, then they go, wow, okay, you're not just telling me something and saying, come to my program or come to this, but you're just giving me something and leaving like, okay, okay. Homelessness is a huge problem in America, right? It, it really has been for a long time, but it seems to be growing. And you, you, you mentioned it. So I thought, you, do you have any, any ideas on how to help homelessness? You talked about in your own city. Yeah. In your own little little, little, yeah. little town. Yeah. In my town, there's not necessarily, in Walker, there's not necessarily really homelessness. There's a lot of poverty and stuff just yeah. because it's so cold and isolated up there. But in general, for just the homeless, my best advice would be um, if you have the time, like spend time. Like if there's a guy you know that's always on this corner, visit him once a week. Say what's up to him. Get him a burger. Talk to him and build relationship equity with him and 
be able to give them an experience or like, you know, take them to the park or something like do that. And then from there, use wisdom to see what you need to do next. You know, don't just necessarily go up to them, give them a bunch of cash, but try to try to just use wisdom. And maybe the Holy Spirit will lead you to do that in some situations. Um, one of my favorite stories ever is I'm walking in uh, Anaheim, California. I see this guy, this homeless guy. He's like I'm laying on the side of the road and uh, he's like, Clearly the last guy on the planet you should probably give a bunch of funds to and do stuff with. But I'm like, man, let's just talk to this guy. And uh, ends up being he's a, he's a veteran and he's addicted to heroin. And I'm talking to him. I'm like, if you could do anything, what's on your bucket list? What's on your bucket list? He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, what's on your bucket list? He goes, well, I mean, hot air balloon. I always want to do that. And then he goes, like, skydiving and deep sea fishing. I'm like, all right. Let's start with hot air balloon and I'll pick you up in two hours. And he goes, what? I said, he will be here in two hours. So we pick him up, take him hot air ballooning. And he's just like, look at the homes. Look at all that. Like his, he's like, I haven't done something like this ever. So we did that with him. Then we went skydiving with him. That was like the best moment of his life, like he had said. Next day or... Yes, yes. It was like the next day. And then a couple days later, we went deep sea fishing with him. And he was so changed. It was so radical. It was so nuts. And then we raised, I think, like eight grand for him. Got him a place to stay, furnished it with the funds. And uh, it's been like a year and a half now. And he's just cooking. He's just cooking. He's, he, he's other, still kept up with him. Yeah, the other day I saw him and he's just he's driving around like a Suburban. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's my car. I was at an Angels game or whatever last week. Like he, Then I was at uh, Huntington Beach on the pier. He's just there walking the pier enjoying life. Like all he needed was a little bit of a pick-me-up, remind him how fun life can be, and rewrite some of those stories that have so people betray and this and that and your wife leaving all these things that can make you just feel like this, like life sucks, life is boring, life is dark, and just be like, wait a minute, all right, these people that hurt me, they didn't even know who they were when they did it, and they're just a byproduct of them being hurt by someone else, and man, life actually is fun if I can step out of that, you know? His name is Steve. Shout out to Steve if he's watching this. Yeah. That is amazing. That is amazing. Why don't you pray for us? Yeah. Let's say a prayer. Jesus, thank you so much for uh, Chris and just having me be here, getting a chance to speak. Father, thank you for all these amazing viewers. And I just thank you, God, that it's just amazing, God. You, you, uh, everyone watching this and everyone here has such the ability to do amazing things in the kingdom. It's not one or two people that have been selected, but everyone has something to do. And you have a specific calling on everyone. You know, if it's not just the first good thing you can think of, go do it. Like I could think, oh, wow, I love dogs. I'm going to go, you know, rescue dogs off the street. I'd probably do a horrible job at doing that. But I found something that I loved and was good. And I found something that God was on for me. And there probably is someone out there that's called to do the animal thing. But every, what I'm just saying is everyone, it can look like something different. But mm -hmm. partner with God and whatever that desire is. And he'll breathe on it and just don't be afraid and don't worry about making mistakes or not having to be perfect. Just get outside, love someone. If you call yourself a Christian, if you claim to be, you got to get outside. You got to open your mouth. You can't just go to church once in a while. Like you got to actually get out there and you'll find that it's not miserable. It's actually the funnest thing ever. And it was almost like you had Disneyland in your heart and you finally get to share with people. So just encourage you all to do that and uh, just bless Chris and everything he's doing here. And amen. Amen. So powerful. Thank you so much yeah. for being on. Yeah, and uh, I, I hope that this goes viral to the place where people see it and they're like, <laughs> I'm going to do that. Oh, yeah. God bless you. Let's get it. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com 
forward slash subscribe. God bless you.